athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Once again, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. We got a jam-packed show for you today. As a matter of fact, week one in HBCU football, we had the opening week on last week and you had the big game the Miak Swack Challenge where Jackson State really dominated South Carolina State in the football game I want to talk a little bit about that joining us today here on Box to Road Tennessee State head football coach and former NFL great Eddie George going to join us on the program special game taking place in South Bend Indiana on Saturday as Tennessee State going to make the trip to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. For Notre Dame, it's the first time in the history of Notre Dame football that the Fighting Irish are going to play an FCS opponent. So that's big time uh, for Tennessee State. Uh, we want to talk with Eddie George to get his thoughts on that, to get his thoughts on the preparation for the Tigers. And, I mean, my understanding, it's a million-dollar payout to Tennessee State, which makes a lot of sense. And, again, we talk about these money games, and we can talk about whether they're a detriment to the various programs from, you know, a wins and losses perspective, a, a perspective of, you know, how it affects the programs. At the end of the day, I mean, even after you pay the band – to go, you pay for all of every every all, all the expenses, hotel, flight. I'm assuming, um, etc. You, you know, Tennessee State's going to make a pretty good amount of money. That's going to help its overall budget uh, for its athletics programs, and uh, and so it uh, it should be uh, something really, uh, really a, a memorable experience for Tennessee State. So again, Eddie George going to join us today on the program. Also joining us today here on Box to Row, the NFL, you know the camps are over, the preseason is over, players still prepping for that. As a matter of fact, the NFL season begins on next week. Keenan Allen in his 11th season, all within the National Football League, all with the Chargers, he's going to join us today here on Box to Row as the Chargers looking to be uh, or are a threat, having made the playoffs on last year, a threat in that AFC Western division. Got to go up against the likes uh, of a Kansas City. Not really sure where uh, Las Vegas is going to rank uh, this year. And then, I mean, where are we in terms of Russell Wilson, the dynamic with he and Sean Payton? Will the Broncos be improved on this year? So we're going to talk again with Keenan Allen of the Chargers. You can always participate with us here 
uh, with us here on Box to Row. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We talk about a lot of the money games um, and, you know, Tennessee State is playing in one, but we've got some some intriguing matchups that are, you know, that are non-money games. I think this week one, because generally when you look at week one, uh, especially amongst HBCUs, you're going to see a lot of teams playing up, whether it's FCS playing up to FBS or Division II playing up to FCS. You see a lot of that. Well, there are a couple of, of intriguing matchups. For instance, the Benedict-Shaw matchup intrigues me. Benedict uh, voted number one by the HBCU Division II coaches uh, in the Division II coaches poll last year, begin the season at number one. You know, no Eric Phoenix at the quarterback position. You still have Lubert Danilis, the defensive lineman. He plays all over the field. Uh, that's still uh, an integral part of uh, of Benedict. But I think it's a good test because this is a Shaw program that had a couple of injuries last year, did not live up to expectations on last year. It has something to prove. It's going to make the trip to Columbia, South Carolina to take on Benedict. So you have you know, that game, that's an intriguing matchup. You've got Texas Southern and Prairie View A&M in the Labor Day Classic uh, on Saturday. That's an intriguing matchup uh, because it is a SWAC Western Division game right out of the gate. So you're talking about a game right out of the gate that means something. Because remember, last year, both Prairie View A&M and Texas Southern in the running for the Western Division crown at the very last week of the season. So this game obviously has implications as well. You look at Fort Valley State and Tuskegee, that game going to be played on Sunday. It's the Red Tails Classic. I think that's, you know, certainly an intriguing matchup. Oh, uh, you know, you have a couple of these games that are intriguing, but I think the most intriguing game and the HBCU National Game of the Week, which we will preview today, we, of course, we brought back last week our uh, our press box fodder uh, segment where we talk with uh, various media members around the country that carry HBCU football, get their perspectives on respective games. That Florida A&M and Jackson State game is a big time football game. You talk about in the Western Division with Texas Southern and Prairie View A&M. Well, Florida A&M and Jackson State from the onset could determine the Eastern Division crown. It's happened the last couple of years. Go back to 2000. 21. Jackson State wins that game 7-6. They hold on uh, to win the Eastern Division. Florida A&M never got another opportunity, although the Rattlers ended up making the FCS playoffs. Same thing last year. More of a blowout in that game. Jackson State runs the table through the swag. Uh, but in, in, uh, it, it, it really, uh, when you look at Florida A&M, a slow start 0-2, 1-2. You know, it's last nine games again for me to me. And I don't, didn't think that the Rattlers deserved to make the playoffs because the schedule was not a very good one. And the swack was not very strong uh, on last year. So this game means a whole lot from the onset of the season. Speaking of Jackson State, an absolute beatdown of South Carolina State last Saturday in the Celebration Bowl game was televised on ABC and it what I mean it just wasn't uh you know I look at Jackson State and I give Jackson State all the credit in the world uh played a really good football game Jason Brown 
by the way, named HBCU Player of the Week, completed 26 to 30 passes for 356 yards, three touchdowns, did not throw an interception. Think about those numbers. That that 20, he completed 26 of 30 pass. That's a lot of completions. South Carolina State, from a defensive perspective, although it did force a turnover in the game, didn't have any answers. Now, I will say that to some degree, South Carolina State kept it close in the first half. It was only 17 to nothing, where it could have easily been 20, 27 to nothing, and then kind of opened it up in the second half, the saving grace for South Carolina State was a touchdown uh, with, I think it was like 22, 23 seconds, something like that left in the ball game. So that's how South Carolina State prevented from getting itself shut out. But, you know, that sort of leads me into the the matchup between Florida A&M and Jackson State. I, I was very impressed uh, because with Jackson State, uh, first of all, I think when you look at uh, – at, at South Carolina State, they have really some questions to answer uh, all over the place, I think, from a defensive perspective, because it doesn't get any easier. On Saturday, got to travel to Charlotte to take on UNC Charlotte or Charlotte, as it were. Um, the quarterback uh, position, they did not get good play out of the quarter. The Bulldogs did not get good play out of the quarterback position as well. So I think there are a lot of questions for South Carolina State to answer as well. But when you look at Jackson State and you look at the matchup against Florida A&M, I think that I would give the advantage to Jackson State. They have some tape. They've played a game. It was a hype game. It was a game, uh, you know, I don't know how many people were there in Atlanta in attendance, but in terms of a nationally televised game, this was network television, not cable this was network television, so you have that dynamic. Now, of course, they come right back, both the uh, Tigers and the Rattlers, and play um, uh, on a, in a nationally televised game. This one on ESPN not doesn't have quite the same ring in terms of potential television audience that ABC has, but it's still the big boy channel when you're talking about uh, sports and cable channels. So it has that feel. Um, I'm not sure, but in terms of a crowd, you expect a big crowd there also in Miami Gardens. And I think Jackson State has a bit of an advantage because now you could say Florida A&M may not necessarily have a, an advantage, but they they have seen Jackson State on tape so they can dissect what Jackson State does well, what Jackson State doesn't do well, whereas Jackson State doesn't have any tape this year of Florida A&M. That said, with the way that Jackson State played in that ball game. I think that's why Jackson State has the advantage in this football game. Um, it's going to be the first game of the season. You want to get sort of the jitters out. You know, I don't know that Florida A&M can come out and play the way uh, or play against Jackson State the way Jackson State played against South Carolina State. I give the advantage to Jackson State and as the HBCU National Game of the Week. I'm picking Jackson State to win that ball game. Remember, coming into the season, the preseason um, rankings in the SWAC, Florida A&M was ranked number one or picked to win the Eastern Division with a lot of the players that that the Rattlers have coming back, namely uh, Jeremy Musa, the running back. That defense should be very, very good 
um, as well. But boy, I tell you what, Jason Brown, the quarterback, looked really good. Jackson State looked really good running the ball. Um, I think some of South Carolina State's woes were woes committed by the Bulldogs themselves. But give Jackson State credit because they enabled, um, they they took sort of to me took Jackson State or took South Carolina State out of its game. So we're gonna actually hear. Uh, from Gerald Thomas, he's the beat writer uh, for Florida A&M for the Tallahassee Democrat. He'll talk with us in our Press Box Fodder segment today here on Box to Row. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back. We're going to be joined by Chargers, L.A. Chargers wide receiver, Keenan Allen. Keep it locked to Box to Row. pictures of my memories, right there. Twisting on the blade in my heart deep. Always on my mind so I can't sleep. She used to tell me she was all mine. Now the only way I see the broad is online. I'm doing drugs trying to feel you. I'm killing me trying to kill you. I build my whole. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. The time is now, Aggie fans. The North Carolina A&T football team opens up its home schedule against rival North Carolina Central on Saturday, September 9th. The game is sponsored by Marcus T. Johnson. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. Let's get Aggie Land rocking for the 2023 version of Aggie Eagle. Purchase your tickets online at ncataggies.com and adhere to the clear bag policy. You can also call the ticket office at 336-334-7749. September 9th, Aggie Eagle in Greensboro. Aggie Pride. Box to Road. Box to Road.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Row. We track down the names making news in sports. From the Press Box to Press Row. It's Donald Ware. From the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on the program. We're joined by a gentleman in his 11th season in the National Football League. All with the Chargers, and as a matter of fact, played his collegiate ball at Cal. He's from Greensboro, 
North Carolina. He's Keenan Allen. He joins us here on the program. What's going on, Keenan? How we doing, man? How we doing? I'm doing good. You know, I got to start here, man. As the play, I, as the play-by-play voice of North Carolina A&T football, did the Aggies okay. recruit you? Did the Aggies try to recruit you when you were in high school? Uh, I think they did. I think so. <laughs> Okay, how did that go? Because I know that was like Rod Broadway's in his Rod Broadway in his first couple of years there at ANT. I think your last year would have been uh, in high school would have been two thousand twelve. So uh, you you think they tried to recruit you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think they did though, because uh, a couple of my boys was already going. Uh, Tory Warren and uh, Ricky Lewis and those guys was already going. So you know, it could have been a possibility. <laughs> yeah, I remember those guys. Ricky, Lu- those guys, those guys were good, man. Local guys too. Absolutely, no doubt. So let, let me, before we talk some football stuff, I, I had to kind of get that out of the way. You were on the Masked Singer. What was that experience like? Uh, it was different. Um, you know, able to be on TV, um, see how the TV works, and uh, what the TV, you know, the process works. Um, you know, being around great entertainers, uh, Robin Thicke, Nick Cannon, all those guys. Um, it was great. Is that something you think you want to may want to do once your football playing career is over? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's something possible that I could do. Um, acting is definitely something I want to do, so not too far off. Uh, the your, your Madden rating are you are you are you satisfied? I think it's an eighty nine. Are you satisfied with that? Uh, no, nah, never satisfied with the Madden rating. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, it's a good starting point, and uh, you know, should be able to build on that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Keenan Allen, 11th season, all with the Chargers as he joins us here on the program. So y- your thoughts in terms of, you know, how, how you guys have, have practiced in, in, in camp and so forth as you uh, continue to prepare uh, for opening day against, uh, at home that is, against the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I think training camp went well, real well. Um, you know, the guys we competed. Day in and day out, uh, we got better every day. Um, offensively, you know, we, we were able to um, progress and, um, you know, build on the things that we had going on last year. You know, so the main focus this year is scoring touchdowns, obviously, and, um, you know, just trying to help the defense out as much as possible. How healthy are you this year? I know you had some injuries last year, but you were able to come back towards the latter part, played in the playoff game, had six receptions for in excess of 60 yards. How, you know, how healthy are you coming into 2023? Uh, feeling really good. Um, definitely one of the better, one of the years that I felt the best. Uh, this is one of them, and um, you know, hopefully, I could just keep it going and uh, stay available. Kellen Moore now as the offensive coordinator. Um, thoughts and in, in how you've been able to connect uh, with Kellen. Uh, Kellen's a guy who played the position. He's young. Um, he understands the player's perspective, um, and and he's a guy who wants it to be fun. So um, you know, it hasn't been. Hasn't been um, hard to, to, to um, create a connection with, with Kellen. And, um, you know, we're just trying to become, you know, the greatest offense this, that the world's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, how, how much difference maybe are some of his philosophies, some of the language, et cetera, uh, compared to what you've uh, had in the past? Uh, I think the, the rules are a lot more friendly, um, especially to the players. You know, we have choices. Or we can um, do do certain things on on certain routes, and um, it just lets you play for, uh, much freer. Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the L.A. Chargers, he joins us here on the program. You've caught balls from Justin Herbert since his 
um, rookie season. Um, speak to how he's been able to progress and uh, what you've seen uh, so far from him uh, in camp. Yeah, I think he's did a great job of, um, you know, obviously progressing, like you said, um, just getting better. He's more comfortable now. Um, you know, he's able to see the defenses. Uh, he's changing plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, his accuracy has, has gotten much better. And, um, you know, I think he's a guy who's just, you know, ready to keep building his game and uh, take it to the next level. And, and you're right. I mean, he's a guy that's going to keep building. But now you played for another – you played with, I should say, another really, really good quarterback in in uh, in Phillip Rivers. Um, are, speak to, you know, catching balls from Phillip Rivers, who uh, – one of the best to ever do it in Chargers history. Yeah, Phil was a guy who was um, – he was a coach on the field. You know, he knew the ins and outs. Um, he knew everything about the defense. Um, you know, he put guys in position. Um, offensively, um, you know, told running backs who they had to block. Um, you know, you name it, Phil Phil was doing it on the field. So, um, you know, he's he's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever played with. Um, great guy off the field as well. So, uh, you know, we still keep in touch. We still talk uh, here and there. And, um, you know, he's a great guy. How do you – I mean, not trying to compare the two, but but how do – do you see similarities, I should say, uh, between Justin and Phillip? I wouldn't say similarities. Um, you know, they're both special in their own way. Uh, like I said, Phil was a coach on the field, so there wasn't a lot of things you can fool Phil with. Um, you know, he's going to see it, and he's going to know what to do. Uh, with Justin, he's probably the most talented quarterback I've played with, so, you know, there's not a throw that he can't make. Um, he's a, he's able to do things with his feet. Um, he's a big guy, um, you know, and the sky's the limit for his potential. Keenan Allen joining us here in the program. A couple of more thoughts. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know this, and it's probably to more say that I didn't know this, that you are a not only a North Carolinian, but from Greens, right in Greensboro, where uh, we have a, a, a significant audience there. What do you remember most about, you know, growing up in the borough in those days playing high school ball at Northern Guilford? Yeah, uh, special times, man. Um been in the backyard playing every day. That's all we did pretty much was play football. Um, you know, my cousins, uh, the neighborhood guys, uh, that's all we did, play football. You know, when we went to school, recess, football. Um, you know, we we, ate, we eat, slept, and, and drank football. So, um, you know, hats off to to the city and, um, you know, all the people I grew up with. What is What was it about Cal, man? Because I'm noticing um, that when you talk about Carolina State, specifically Duke, also the in-state, bigger in-state schools, Wake Forest, uh, and then also uh, East Carolina to uh, a degree. S- sometimes a lot of the guys uh, that are that are North Carolina kids aren't necessarily staying in-state for various reasons. Um, what about you? What led you to go to, to Cal? And, and did you, you know, did you consider staying to play for one of the, the schools in-state? Yeah, um, I think the re- one of the reasons I went to Cal was because my brother, he was transferring. Uh, he was already in college. He was at Buffalo University, and then he transferred and went to Cal. So, um, and he he was the quarterback. So uh, it was kind of a no brainer for me. I could just, you know, go play with my brother at Cal. You know, it's a great great school, um, and, and we can kind of compete on a high level. So, um, you know, that was my thought process there. And um, I think we would have went to North Carolina. But uh, they didn't. They didn't accept his uh, transfer papers. So uh, you know that was out of the question. Clemson was a was a closer school that we were going to go to as well. 
Yeah, and what was it like catching balls from your brother Jeff Quinn? Uh, it was great. Um, you know, we we had a lot of records going, and um, you know, it was it was a great three years. Last couple of thoughts, and and again, Keenan, we appreciate the time. I know you guys are pumped up. You know, preseason is over now. Camp has broken. Um, your thoughts on taking on the Dolphins as the first game of the season at home in Los Angeles? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, two teams ready to play against uh, each other. And, um, you know, I think we just got to come out ready ready to go and uh, be, be solid on all soon. Keenan Allen, 11th season in the National Football League, wide receiver all for the Chargers, a five-time pro bowler, former third-round draft pick out of Cal as he joins us here on the program. Keenan, thanks for making some time for us. Good luck to you and the Chargers this season. All right, I appreciate it, boss. We're going to keep things moving here on Box to Road, joined by a gentleman in his third season as the head football coach at Tennessee State. Played 11 seasons in the National Football League, mostly with the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee State on the road on Saturday in South Bend at Notre Dame as we're joined by Eddie George. What's going on, Coach George? Welcome back to the program. Man, I'm blessed, brother. I can't complain. Love the intro. I love the energy, man. I wish you had we I wish we had your energy at practice today. It got a little hot on our boys. They were feeling a little sorry for themselves. They had to be in pads today, but I said, hey. We play in Notre Dame this week. We got to be in pads. We got there's going to be a physical battle. We got to be ready for it. So, uh, but now I'm, I'm really I'm really excited to be on the show, brother. You know, it's it, it, we can. It's, it, I think it's great when our schools uh, can can step up and play the FBS opponents. It's even greater when you can play brand names. Uh, you know, you guys are playing Notre Dame. I don't. I mean, as college football goes, I don't know if you get more. All respect to Ohio State, but I don't know if yeah, you get yeah, yeah, <laughs> any yeah. more name brand yeah. uh, than than Notre Dame. So, how did this game? This is, I mean, this is a great opportunity for Tennessee State. How did this game come yeah. about? Well, it, it came about last year, um, back in I want to say February or excuse me, April of last year, when Notre Dame was looking for a team to play. Um, on their schedule coming off of their, their game um, against Navy uh, this week. And we so happen to have an open date. Um, Marcus and I are, are, are great friends. Um, I know um, some of the administrative people at Notre Dame. So we said, hey, let's try to see make make this happen. You know, the first time that uh, Notre Dame would have scheduled an FCS program and an HBCU, and it's going to be an, an, an historic day, uh, regardless of the outcome for our kids. To go to the historic venue, uh, to play in the cathedral of all venues, uh, touchdown Jesus, um, the, the beautiful architecture, the, the brick, uh, the limestone brick buildings at, at Notre Dame. It's, it's going to uh, be in a lifetime, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So to leave our footprint of the OVC and HBCU football and go play a team that you watch on television and a program that you aspire to be like, Hey, we're going to go play it, you know, anytime, anywhere. And, and that's, and that's what I stand on. And we're going to go learn. We're going to grow. We're going to get better in the process of that. Eddie George is the head football coach at Tennessee state. He joins us here on box to row. We're going to step aside, take a short break, come back. 
with more of our conversation with Eddie George. You've got it locked to Box to Row. This is your weekly edition of the HBCU Blitz presented by Box to Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware. We'll get to the Jackson State and South Carolina State matchup in the MEAC SWAC Challenge, which took place on last Saturday. First, if you hadn't heard, Buddy Pugh, the long-time head football coach at South Carolina State, is retiring after the end of the 2023 season. That announcement was made last Thursday. Had a chance to catch up with Coach Pugh and talk with him about following a legend in Willie Jeffries. Donald, I followed the maybe the, the greatest of all uh, here at South Carolina State. And I can tell you that it was a tremendous opportunity. It was a trip. It was scary as all get out father coach because he had such a great touch with everything as far as how he handled himself and, and how we enjoyed his presence almost anywhere. So, you know, I just kind of threw myself into that friendship and we kind of just kind of hung together for all these years. We were close before he kind of recruited me for this job, but I got this job. I don't know exactly how this works, you know, from this point on, but I look forward to being able to help the next guy do everything I can to do what coach did for me. And, uh, you know, if I can do that, then I tell you what, I'll be good. I'll feel good about this deal. I think the school will feel good about it. I also asked Coach Pugh if he had any aspirations to be a head coach at the FBS level. And if he did, because that did not happen, did he feel slighted? No, uh, I, I was kind of a let's go home and do this what that, that I've done uh, kind of guy. Tell you what, though, um, if they'd come after me, one of them Dion deals, I probably would have looked at it. <laughs> but, no, no, I was here. And uh, when I got here, I was old. Oh, late part is almost 50 years old. So, you know, it wasn't very long before I was at the age that I was past prime. <laughs> so it wasn't a lot left for I I spent so many years coaching high school ball. I was in high school for 14, 15 years. And I coached as an assistant for another well, I guess 10, 12 years. So by the time you put those numbers together, you know, I'm past that age. Now let me take you to Atlanta, Georgia, for the MEAC SWAC Challenge between South Carolina State and Jackson State. We're going to pick things up in the first quarter with Jackson State having its first possession, looking for the end zone. Brown from the shotgun, Mulligan to his left shoulder. The handoff is to Mulligan. He angles to his right, breaks free. Look at this. Mulligan is gone. He is at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jackson State. Wow, Irv Mulligan with a 46-yard run for the score. The first touchdown in the T.C. Taylor era. What a run by Mulligan. The Tigers struck first and had the 7 to nothing lead. We move now to the second quarter. The score still 7 to nothing. Jackson State with another possession and driving. Brown takes a snap from the gun, throws underneath to his tight end, Jensie Riley, and he has plenty of room to run. Riley at the five. Riley is in for the touchdown. His first of the year as Jackson State extends to a 14 nothing lead. For 35 yards, and the Tigers had the 14 to nothing lead. JSU would get a field goal right before the half to take a 17 to nothing lead. Then in the third quarter, Early, already leading 17 to nothing, the Tigers would strike again. Brown in the shotgun takes a snap, 
Throws to his left, looking, throws a man wide open. That's DJ Stevens in the end zone for the touchdown. As Jackson State continues to pour it on the Bulldogs here at the MEAX Rock Channel. That's my man, Rob J on the JSU Sports Radio Network. The route was on and Jackson State defeated South Carolina State 33 to seven in the MEAC Swag Challenge. It was the first win for the Tigers in the TC Taylor era. Box to Row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country, as well as Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, on Sirius XM College Sports, Channel 84, and Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, on Sirius XM, Channel 142, the HBCU channel to listen to the show or for more information, log on to box2row.com. Tennessee State head football coach and former NFL great Eddie George joins us here on Box to Row. Your thoughts on the Big South and OVC conference, which was. Uh, Really, something that uh, was was needed. I mean, both both conferences needed to kind of come together and and continue playing football in a in a conference which is now combined. Yeah. Well, we're seeing a lot of change happen at the top at the FBS level. Um, Pac-12 has dissolved, and it's going to emerge with the Big Ten. Uh, you're seeing some of the other teams, you know, go down to the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve, and guess what? We're not done. I think there's still things that are going to happen. With that being said, we are seeing a ripple effect down at our level. Uh, teams moving up, you know, from our conference. Over the last, since I got into conference, I want to say uh, three or four teams have left for FBS programs. Jacksonville State won. Um, another, uh, Austin P. Uh, Murray State. Um, so something had to been done to stabilize, you know, FBS football. Uh, and what a, is a short-term fix, uh, I know the leadership at the OBC, they're looking for, always looking to strengthen our, our, our conference by finding other schools to com- combine that with. And I think it's a good fit for both schools to preserve um, our level of football in, in, a, in a real, truthful, meaningful way that's creative and, and hopefully it can be lucrative for all parties at some point in time. Eddie George again in his third season as the head football coach at Tennessee State. He joins us here on the program. Let's talk some personnel, Coach George. Let's start with Draylon Ellis, uh, the quarterback. He's on the watch list in terms of the um, uh, OVC and uh, Big South. Um, obviously played for you last year's returning guy. Your thoughts on maybe the improvements he made from 2022 and what you've seen in, uh, in, in uh, fall camp to this point? Well, the biggest improvement I've seen from Draylon has been off the field. Um, he's taken true ownership of of the standard of what it means to be a leader, not just talking about it, but all, by, 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 by through his actions, by his body language. Um, he has made vast improvements in that area. Um, as a player, he has tremendous arm talent. Um, trying to get him to buy into nickel and diming versus trying to I take that three-point shot from half court before, uh, uh, you know, going after the big home run all the time, you know, because he has such a big arm. He wants to show that off and saying, hey, take what the defense gives you. Be the manager. 
allow allow the game to come to you. You know, the the, spe- the spectacular will happen in the routine. So, you know, do the routine things routinely. And if it's there, take it. You know, the, the goal is to keep a drive alive, not to score touchdowns all the time. So I'm seeing growth there of him taking ownership and understanding the offense and putting his thumbprint on it. And I'll say this, you know, there's a great level of competition in the quarterback room now. Davion Bryan has come on. Uh, he wants, he's going to see a lot of time. Bigger guy, 6'3", about 235 pounds, has a great arm talent, uh, and also can run the football for So I think between those two guys, we want to have a great deal of production out of the quarterback room. And with there's competition, it only raises the level of play, the level of urgency that you have to have as a quarterback. So I'm looking forward to watching both those guys play for us this year. So both will, both will play or potentially could play. Yes, both potentially will play. Yes, at some point in time. Yes. Okay, and the running back. I mean, that's your that's your that's your department, right? What, what uh, does that room look like? Well, uh, I'm excited about the room. A lot of young guys have stepped up. Jalen Rouse um, was our, our starter last year, along with Devon Starling, who's no longer with us. Um, in terms of school wise, uh, Jalen does everything right. Solid player, um, fast, uh, can block. Uh, he's a, a good pass uh, catcher out of the backfield, doesn't see a whole lot, uh, runs hard in between the tackles, so he's Mr. Dependable. Uh, Jordan Gant is an up-and-coming freshman um, who I think has tremendous upside, bigger body, about 210, 215, um, heavy lower half, but he has shiftiness. He has uh, an NFL pedigree. His uncle played for the Cowboys, uh, Gant, back in the um, – Early, uh, early, uh, late '90s, early uh, 2000s, uh, uh, and uh, so he has uh, a great deal of understanding of the game. And I'm curious; to see, I can't wait to see how he is going to come out this year. Shifty guy, quick, has great burst. Uh, Trey Boone is a Mister uh, Do Everything. Plays a little fullback and running back. Uh, Craig Cunningham, also um, a, a redshirt freshman, he's more of your scat back type. And um, we have a bigger back in uh, Adrian Parker, um, a um, junior college uh, transfer that came in this year, bigger body who comes downhill on you. So there's a, a, a bevy of running backs that I feel really, really good about that on any given play can take over or any given series can take over and do it for us. And that's something we want to believe in. We want to run to to try to win. That's, that's our philosophy. We've always believed in that. We, and the more guys that we have that are capable of doing it, the better. From a from a defensive standpoint, I mean, you you know you you've got some guys that can really play some experience on the defensive side uh, of the football. Just kind of speak uh, to that side and your expectations for the defense as a whole. Well, um, at every level, we have an all conference player um, of the defense. Whether it's Jalen Bell, uh, who comes in as a preseason all conference player, defensive line transfer from. Uh, um, for us from last season, uh, Terrell Allen, uh, TA, um, also all conference at the defensive end position. I think that that defensive line has a chance to be really good. They continue to work and continue to put in the work that they've been doing throughout camp. Uh, the linebacking core, uh, we bring back an all conference player and uh, James Green comes back as a graduate um, uh, player. Um, we have Monroe Beard. Um, who was all conference as well, um, uh, coming in at where, where he played uh, a couple seasons ago. And at the secondary, uh, we have Bryce Phillips, um, Josh Green, 
Um, really love uh, Jeremiah Joseph uh, transfer from Duquesne. Um, he's fitting beautifully at the safety position, and also um, uh, uh, I can't think of Harper uh, Darius Harper, uh, who comes back for his graduate season. So we have a seasoned group, uh, a group that that plays a little with a little bit of an edge. They play fast. This is their third year in the defense, so they understand what they're they're doing. So the pieces and parts are there defensively uh, for us to be competitive. Uh, we just can't keep them on the field very long because we are not very big. Um, so we've got to balance that out by having an offense that can sustain drives and keep our defense fresh. Eddie George in his third season as the head football coach at Tennessee State. He joins us here on the program Maybe the wins and losses, Coach George, aren't aren't there, but uh, and they're they're coming, obviously, uh, particularly because you had a three game winning streak, if I remember, on last year. Um, that said, are you satisfied with where the program is currently, and did you foresee yourself being in this position when you took this job back in two thousand twenty one? Well, in two thousand twenty, uh, we won five ball games. That was the most games that we've won here since, I want to say, 2016. Uh, last year, we t- kind of took a step back in the win-loss column, but when I look at it, we were very competitive in a lot of those ball games against some very good football teams, against SEMO, who was nationally ranked, against UT Martin, who was nationally ranked, um, against Jackson State, who was nationally ranked. We went out and played Eastern Washington Tough, who was nationally ranked. Um, we, we dropped a couple games that we shouldn't have dropped, I believe, you know, um, and we're looking at you know, we're about three or four plays away from saying, hey, we should have, been, should have won eight ball games." But I think because of our, our, the culture of what we're trying to establish was not strong enough to, to overcome those, um, those adverse times. So uh, that's the thing that we're building on. I'm, I'm hoping that in the areas that we have vast improvement, both in the roster and um, just culturally speaking, will allow us to win a few more ball games this year. So uh, we've been in the conversation for the last two seasons, late October, early November, to win the OVC, and uh, we put ourselves in that position. So now we've we've been knocking at the door. Now it's time for us to kick the door down. You know, we got to make that 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 breakthrough. Um, say, hey, we're here, we're here to be contenders and um, show up every single week and be consistent. What does the, again, a player uh, with the Titans now in your third year or third season as the head coach at, at uh, Tennessee State, what does the Nashville community mean to you? Oh, wow. Um, to watch Nashville grow over the last 20 years has been remarkable. Um, it's, it is the it city. You know, from music city to the sports scene, the entertainment scene, um, even the the, the, the entrepreneurship um, element to it. It, it is we have almost we have almost a hundred people moving to Nashville every day. Almost thirty cranes are in the sky right now. So growth is happening. Uh, but that being said, it's not the hit city for everybody. Um, the underserved um, people that don't necessarily have a voice. Um, institutions like Tennessee State that are left in the dark and, and still behind a lot of areas are not a part of that growth. So I, I, it's my my duty and goal to help that move the needle in that direction, um, to get more resources here, to have this institution thrive at a high level 
not just ac- athletically, but academically and on a national footprint, bringing the best, um, the best professors, the best um, administrative people um, that can advance this university and have it thrive the way it ought to be. Um, you know, this is not a, a job that I took just to just to be a football coach, but to inspire young people, young inspire young young men and women to find their God-given purpose by first finding God, and then through finding God, um, allowing God to guide them in their purposeful life uh, without fear, but to walk in faith and to establish love in their lives. So that that part in where I'm at in my life, that's kind of how I, I see it. So Nashville has been a wonderful place for me to, one, uh, sharpen my sword, uh, to grow as a man, but also uh, help this community um, be a better be a better service uh, for for human beings. No doubt. Last thought, and we appreciate the time. Your thoughts? Uh, you you know you were a great running back nine years in uh, the National Football League. Maybe could have been more. Some injuries. Maybe the latter part of your career. What what do you what are your thoughts on the pay for for running backs as it currently stands? Uh. It's it's definitely changed. Um, the the value of the running back in the owner's eyes has, has shifted. I think it's still there. From a business perspective, they don't necessarily want to tie so many years into the running back position because it is a, a short shelf life in terms of productivity. And when you backload a contract on a running back who can't produce because of injury, because it's a demanding position, um, they're not willing to do that. So you're looking at uh, one-year deals. And I think that's the new reality for running backs moving forward is that if you are a a, a dude, you're not looking at longer-term contracts. You're looking at a year-to-year deal, you know, which is not bad money, um, but it's certainly not what doesn't reflect what uh, the, the quarterbacks are getting or what of the other positions that affect the passing game are getting. And um, it's 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 a shame uh, that it's turned this route because you still have to have a run game to win a championship. I mean, you look at all the great teams right now, they have an element of that. Um, so uh, that's just where we are in the business world of, of, of the NFL. And I think at some point in time, um, it'll get back to having balance and where the running backs will be valued. Former NFL great current head coach, head football coach that is, at Tennessee State is Eddie Georgie joins us here on the program. The Tigers going to be up in South Bend on Saturday, taking on Notre Dame. Big time game. Coach George, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers. Thanks a lot, my brother. Appreciate you. More of Box to Row with Donald Ware is on the way. The time is now, Aggie fans. The North Carolina A&T football team opens up its home schedule against rival North Carolina Central on Saturday, September 9th. The game is sponsored by Marcus T. Johnson. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. Let's get Aggieland rocking for the 2023 version of Aggie Eagle. Purchase your tickets online at ncataggies.com and adhere to the clear bag policy. You can also call the ticket office at 336 334-7749. September 9th, Aggie Eagle in Greensboro. Aggie Pride. 
on last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. T.C. Taylor is the new head football coach at Jackson State. Deion Sanders having been the head coach, is there a sense of pressure, particularly that Coach Sanders has moved on to Colorado? Not really any pressure, you know, I just believe in the preparation part. You know, our athletic director, Ashley Robinson, has done a great job of giving us everything that we need for as a program right now. You know, we got upgrades to the weight room, the football field facilities, even the way we have nutrition for our, our athletes here. So, you know, I'm excited about it, feel good about everything going forward, but I have to give a lot of that credit to our, our athletic director, Ashley Robinson. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Joey Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBC. CU Sports and Pro Sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Now back to from the press box to press row with Donald Ware. Welcome back to box to row. It's that time in the program where we go around the country to look at a couple of the top games in HBCU football, in what we like to call press box fodder. Let's go! Let's talk some MEAC and CIAA football, and we're going to say hello to an old friend. And I don't mean old as in old, I just mean he's been a friend of ours for a long time. John Dell, who covers Winston-Salem State for the Winston-Salem Journal, has been doing so for NXS of 25 years and uh, John it looks like I mean there was a battle at quarterback there at Winston-Salem State they've narrowed it narrowed it down to two quarterbacks who do you think ultimately starts in the game on Saturday against North Carolina Central well my my gut is it'll probably be sophomore Bryce Jackson and then the freshman Dalen Lee will get in there and play too he's a 6'4 kid from Shelby Coach Massey said it's down to you know two, a two-headed monster approach. They'll both play, and uh, Jameer Slade is probably a guy that another sophomore that could probably get in there and play as well. So they may, you may actually see three quarterbacks depending on the flow of the game. But you know they they, they need some help at quarterback. They they ranked 140th in Division Two in scoring last season, so they need somebody to start generate some offense. And you know I think these guys uh, these guys can do it. Last year in Durham, this game uh, was a blowout in favor of North Carolina Central. But if you go back to 2021, I mean, it was a game that the Eagles had to really pull out. Um, But this is a a, a Central team that has a Davius Richard at quarterback who is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He can really, really play the the uh, Rams going to have them uh, the their work cut out for them from a defensive perspective. Well, the good news for Winston-Salem State fans is uh, their defense is really good. It, it has been, even in this, these down years. And the defense is going to have to play its best game to have any chance against that quarterback. He's really good, like you said. He's experienced. I think the only chance Winston-Salem State might have is if Central's kind of looking ahead to A&T next uh, week because that's even a bigger game for them. But these robbery games, Coach Massey talked about it. Central, Winston-Salem State. Next year, Winston-Salem State and A&T open up. Uh, they haven't played A&T since 2010. These games need to be played. It doesn't matter what division, what conference they're in. These are good for HBCUs. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to a good game central against Winston-Salem State on Saturday. No doubt about it. You alluded to it a little bit. But what is? I mean, what, what would the Rams have to do uh, to, to really kind of try to keep this game close? We talked about... Davis Richard, but on the other side, that defense for the Eagles is pretty good as well. 
Right. They got, you know, Khalil Baker. He's a local kid from East Forsyth that is starring for them. And Max Shuren, another linebacker, I think, for Central. He, he played at Tabor, Mount Tabor. So, you know, a lot of local connections in this game. And uh, I just think that Winston's going to have to almost play a near-perfect game. That's hard to do in your first game out of the box. But, um, you know, they, Winston had 21 turnovers last year in the season and they scored 21 touchdowns. So that'll tell you how bad it was last year. If, if Winston can stay away from turnovers, maybe even get an early lead and, and put some pressure on Central, that's probably about their only shot. But, you know, these rivalry games, Donald, as you know, anything can happen. The longer that Winston stays in the game, the more confidence they get. So we'll uh, see what's happening uh, about the end of the third quarter, see what that score is. John Dell covers the Winston-Salem State Rams for the Winston-Salem Journal. Talking some Winston-Salem State and North Carolina Central, that matchup. Appreciate it, John. Thank you. Have a good week, Donald. Next, we're going to talk about what should amount to the HBCU National Game of the Week. Gerald Thomas covers the Florida A&M Rattlers for the Tallahassee Democrat. And of course, I'm talking about the matchup in the Orange Blossom Classic between Jackson State and Florida A&M on Sunday. And Gerald, I just want to get your thoughts on what you saw out of Jackson State in its victory over South Carolina State last Saturday. Wasn't expecting to see a 30-point blowout, but I think that's a testament to how good Jackson State really is. You know, I think a lot of people see all of the players that that left Jackson State, um, you know, just those four-star, five-star talents that uh, Coach Prime Deion Sanders brought in. But I don't think they realize, you know, that Jackson State also had, I believe, the top recruiting class in HBCU football. So, you know, a lot of that, those gaps were filled. So, I mean, you know, of course, that quarterback had a, had a great performance. I believe he set the Mia Sweat Challenge for um, passing yards and, and um and completion percentage. So, you know, that that's the that's the key in the victory, um, you know, in the swag. You know, just look at the last couple of years, you know, Shadir Sanders, you know, great quarterback, um, player of the year. And that's what led them to winning the swag and getting that HBCU celebration bowl on the period. You know, like you know, they're a little quick, um, and you know, can kind of control that line of scrimmage. You know, they was very, you know, they was able to control, you know, um, South Carolina State, you know, in pretty much all facets of the game. And you know, and when you got a coach like you know Buddy Pugh on the other sideline, you know, a football mastermind, you know, and you kind of shutting the team down like that, it's just, you know, I think it's just a testament how good Jackson State is, and uh, I think that's still a dangerous team regardless of the losses that they that they had over the offseason. Yeah, and of course, if you look at the preseason rankings, Florida A&M ahead of uh, Jackson State, I'm sure the Tigers aren't happy uh, about that. The team you cover, uh, Florida A&M, um, again, it's going to be the Rattlers' first game. They've got a pretty good uh, quarterback, as a matter of fact, in Jeremy Musa. Um, your thoughts on the preparation. How is Florida A&M looking in terms of coming into this game against Jackson State on Sunday? Oh, uh, I think it's looking pretty good. Just a, a difference from uh, last offseason to this season is that they have quarterback stability. Last year, Jeremy Musso was in a, you know, in a in a quarterback competition. You know, you know, fighting for fighting for a spot on the field. And now, you know, when you know, you know, at that point, he didn't know he was a guy, but now he knows he's a guy. So, uh, you know, you kind of move different. You know, you kind of can become a leader, and that's one thing that me and Jeremy talked about last year. You know, he said last year he was able to be a leader, but you know, it wasn't as much but now that he's you know 
went through the wars with his teammates, you know, they're more receptive to it and, you know, they know what he's capable of, you know, on and off the field. So as far as the Rattlers preparing, it was a long summer um, of training camp, but really it's not a long summer, but a long three weeks, you know, preparing in that heat, you know, getting conditioned to that heat. That defense, man, the defense is, the, the defense, the dark cloud defense is always going to be the dark cloud defense, you know. Um, so, you know, I know they had a big loss of Kamar Stevens over the offseason, but, you know, you got guys coming in on the, on the defensive line, General Hunt, you know, he was a preseason off-west second team selection, I believe. Isaiah Major, Kendall Bowler is expected to have a breakout year. You know, it's just, you know, it's very deep. Coach Simmons called it the most talented football team that he's had, man. You know, Coach Simmons has some, some talented football teams, you know, going back to Preview and coming out uh, here at FAMU. Yeah, no, that's definitely saying something. That being said, keys to victory. What does Jackson State have to do to come away with the victory? And then what does Florida A&M have to do to come away with the victory in this very important game, a SWAC Eastern Division matchup to start the season? Damn you, they, they got to be able to move the ball. You know, last year they last year they struggled uh, rushing, the, rushing when, um, you know, they were, five, they were last in the SWAC. But, you know, now they have a, you know, new little, Running back room, uh, Kelvin Dean is going to be the guy that gets the start. Um, Coach said yesterday, so um, but they're going to do that by committee. And Kelvin Dean, he's a very speedy, you know, very speedy back, real shifty. Had a real good fall training camp. So he's a transfer from from uh, Florida Atlantic University. So new guy, but he's a Tallahassee guy. You know, he's a local guy, so he's very excited to be around there. And you know, when that rushing game, when you know when the rushing game goes, you know it opens up the passing game and just. And also on the defensive end, I mean, if you can control that line of scrimmage, you know, they'll be able to, be able to um, you know, kind of keep, deter Jason Brown from, you know, having the, having the performance that he did at the SWAT Challenge. So that's what FAMU, uh, JSU, it's like, it's, like the, it's like the opposite. You know, you got to keep FAMU from moving the ball, you know, maybe make them one-dimensional, um, you know, and, and, and um, you know, hoping you know that you know you kind of get some control the line of scrimmage. Basically, that's what I that's what I would say. Control the line of scrimmage, and then as far as um, you know, you got to pick your spots defensively. The dark cloud teams is a very opportunistic um, unit, so you got to pick your spots. Don't get too aggressive against them, and you know if you um, you know if you do that, you know you, you may have a chance to be fair you. Gerald Thomas, he covers the Florida A&M Rattlers for the Tallahassee Democrat as he breaks down the matchup between Jackson State and Florida A&M. Appreciate it, Gerald. All right, no problem. So there you have it, Gerald Thomas breaking down the Jackson State and Florida A&M game and John Dell breaking down the Winston-Salem State and North Carolina Central game. You can keep up with all things HBCU by logging on or listening or watching the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on the Box to Row YouTube channel as well as on BoxToRow.com where you can, you can download or listen to the podcast. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Eddie George for joining us today here on the program. Thank you to Keenan Allen for also joining us today here on Box to Row. As always, for all of your HBCU coverage and other sports as well, great podcasts, etc., log on to our website, box 2 
Com. And always remember to support those that support you. Your Box Tarot is produced by DW Communications. Go, 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 go,